Um, all right. Welcome back to another another episode of the Pin High Podcast presented by Pin High Media. Um, what are we talking this week? We're talking a lot of live golf and PGA Tour, um, you know, blood boiling conversation. I feel like that can kind of just be the intro in and of itself because it's going to be a lot of that today. Um, and it's API week. Recipes, Arnold Palmer, Mr. Palmer. Let's get into it. This is Jordan Spieth here, and this is the Dan High Podcast. The song came from like golf city. Yeah, we're back. We're good. Yeah. All right. That is the first live intro I've ever done, and I messed up twice. So only twice. You usually mess up like five times on the non-live ones. So uh, actually, I, I I've gotten better over the years. Yeah, it's I, true. I used to to laugh like uncontrollably at the beginning, and yeah. now. I just stumble over words like pin high podcast. It's kind of a tongue twister. Pin high podcast, pin high podcast, pin high podcast. Anyway, let's get inside the ropes. Start the week. Um, remember what tournament we had for a second because the Honda Classic just seemed like such a, a fever dream. Yeah, so what happens when we record on, on a Wednesday? I feel like Tuesday, like the golf's in your head. Wednesday... I don't know. You kind of forget about it. You move on to the next week. So yeah, no, like I'm already, I'm on to API, but like we might as well talk some Honda while we're here. Um, I, you know what I was going to do? I was going to get a glass of wine to celebrate um, our first one and done winner. That's right. Chris Kirk coming through for the boys. Uh, it was a tough ending there. I will say. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it was, so the thing is, I was rooting for Chris Kirk, obviously, because we like had him in our one and done pool. Um, but because like there's no money involved there, like I wasn't like, oh, if Eric Cole's, Cole wins, I'm going to be pissed because like he had a good story. And quite frankly, I liked the jogger fit. Uh, yeah, the jogger fit was all right. Um, he has some really weird shoes, though, I feel like. He was wearing like the dad shoes. What was he wearing? Was, I don't even know what they were, but they looked like the... The dad new balance shoes so it was a weird mix but uh well, yeah he's so sorry i believe what 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 was i looking at oh new balance is giving mlb players cleats that look like the dad new balance shoes i, I thought it was know. golf for a second but i was like new balance doesn't do golf oh but they do they have have you seen that malvin collection with new balance yeah they do have that is cool that's yeah. pretty off topic, though. Yeah, getting back to Eric Cole, he's like a a mini tour god. So Legend, say yeah, like he was won over fifty times on mini tours. Very unorthodox path to the PGA Tour. Uh, he's thirty four years old. He's an, a rookie. This was that was his fifteenth start, uh, hometown tournament, and uh, yeah, he was just making like every putt on Sunday. Yeah, and like again he's hard not to root for because, you know, like they're going over on the broadcast, like comes from a, a family of seven children. Um, his mom was on the LPGA, his dad, he would have become like the third or fourth father son duo to win on tour or fourth or fifth or something like that. Um, his dad's name, Bobby, Bobby Cole. Am I wrong in that? Uh, 
I have no clue. Yeah, uh, Bobby Cole. Yeah, sorry. Bobby Cole. Yeah. So like, all these things make you make you down the stretch kind of root for a guy like that. But the broadcast was kind of shoving that down your throat, but then also was kind of ignoring the Chris Stur- Chris Kirk storylines that are you know make him such a uh, you know like a rootable player down the stretch on like on like a Sunday. Yeah, all, all these guys are a classic. And Chris Kirk's been knocking on the door for a while now. I feel like so. Yeah, it's good to to see him in the winner's circle again for the first time in I think eight years. So. And yep. Obviously I was wondering, finish. is this his fifth? Is this his fifth win? Um, I'm not sure. I'd have to double check. I believe that. it's his fifth win, and I was like, wait. So this was the, like, mind you, we started following golf like what, like the Jordan Spieth like run, I'd say, right? That was when we first started like actually yeah. paying attention. Um, and then he does have five wins, yeah. So he won the Viking Classic, the. Uh, the Galdry Classic, which is the RSM, I believe. Um, the Viking Classic is the Sanderson Farms. Deutsche Bank Championship, which is Dell Technologies. Uh, the Crown Plaza Invitational, which is now Charles Schwab Challenge, and the Honda Classic. So he's basically won four events that have name changes since the last time that he's won them. And then the the uh, Honda Classic this week. So that's how the... And the Honda is changing as well. Yeah, sure. The Honda is changing <laughs> sponsorships. Um, but what was I just saying? I'm blanking. That he has five what wins. Oh, yeah. So, like, we started following golf, like, would you say Jordan Spieth run? Yeah, I would say so. Like, I I think the, the, the moment that I remember really getting into golf was, like, the final round of the 2017 Open Championship, him versus Kuchar. I agree. Sorry, I'm like messing around volume right now. So hopefully. Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> We're not doing too much. Sorry. I'm just getting a blank stare out of you. I'm, no, like, no, I'm, just, okay. I'm being told that my my, uh, my voice is not uh, super clear, but I guess it's clear now. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good to good to see Chris Kirk in the winner's circle. Sorry, sorry if yeah. I'm just messing around while the stream, getting out of conversation here. Uh, this is why we need Trev. Yeah, no problem. No problem. <laughs> I'll keep going off tangent. So anyway, like, like anybody... Like any, and unless you're like a country club kid, I feel like you're not following PGA Tour golf growing up. So we started following like, you know, 2017. We're not familiar with the winner circle four time prior to this weekend winner, Chris Kirk. So it's like crazy. I, I honestly, going into Sunday, I thought he, he'd never won on tour. Yeah. No, I, I kind of, well, I knew that he had won on tour. Uh, I didn't know he had five wins. So that's something yeah. that. You know, it's, he's just, it's just before our, our time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's move into some some talk with Liv over the weekend because, like, you know, the Honda Classic was was great and all. And we kind of thought that, that Liv would maybe not out sh- outshadow, but, like, there would be more news around it than, than there was and there was going to be better viewership than there was. But I want to say that there was... 298,000 people who tuned into the final round on Sunday um, for Liv. And then like two hours later, a rerun of some like 90s television show put up like 350,000 views. Yeah, that is that is true. 
And then the PGA Tour, the Honda Classic, put up like 1.6 million on Sunday. Yes. Uh, so I guess we know who's watching what during the weekend. I guess I don't. I don't know about with golf though, because they obviously were on the CW and they're pulling the the numbers from the CW channel. I think you could have watched it on the Live Plus app that they just put into the the mm-hmm. app store a, a couple of days ago. I think that was for international people though. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I didn't really click into it. I did tune in for a couple holes on the CW. Uh, yeah, that was very interesting. Uh, I'll download I wasn't really like into it. I don't know. It's just hard for me to get into into the live golf. I mean, by the time I tuned in, it was Charles Howe the third, and uh, I think it was Uline line at the top of the leaderboard, and Howe had like a three shot lead, and it just was kind of out of hand. So, uh, yeah, it didn't really pique my interest much. It's a tough. It's a tough leaderboard for them first first go around this season, especially when you're like trying to capitalize on competing with a, a field like the Honda, where you have Eric Cole trying to win a win a PGA Tour event. It's like, yeah, if you have Brooks Kepka, Cam Smith, DJ, like Joaquin Neiman going down the stretch, it's like, well, maybe I'll I'll watch that. But I still, for some reason, don't think that I would rather watch that on Live Golf. I don't know what it is than an Eric Cole. And Chris Kirk, like 15, 16, 17, 18 Sunday stretch on, on NBC. Yeah. I, I what is it? What is it about, about live golf that like is, makes it that unwatchable? I guess it's just like, there's nothing. And it's not just me. It. Yeah, I know it's not just you. I guess it's, there's just like nothing behind it. Like the PGA tour has like the, the history behind it where live golf mm-hmm. kind of has to create their own history uh, over the course of the next couple of years. Uh, I feel like a PGA Tour win means more for a guy than a Live Golf win because a Live Golf win, you're still on Live Golf, you're still getting paid that guaranteed money that you made in the beginning, and then you know on the PGA Tour, if a guy like Eric Cole wins wins an event, it changes his life, right? So like, yeah, you don't really get that in, in Live Golf. I mean, like maybe it changes your changes your life in a little bit different of a way where Charles Howell like won more money this week than he had won in his entire PGA Tour career, but. Not true? to the point of life and death. So that can't be true. I think that is true. Four million? Yeah. I don't know if he's won that much in his PGA Tour career. Is he not an old guy? Uh, he's 43 years old. He's been playing for a while, but uh, I don't know if he's won on tour. Um, I could find his his official money if the PGA Tour didn't. Uh, I just have a hard time believing that he didn't win didn't win four million dollars in his career as a 43 year old. Okay. Okay. All of last year and the year before. Okay. Um, there you go. He's, he's won forty something million dollars. I was way yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, forty three. Um, yeah, but he has won. He has won more money in this one event than he did all of last year. That's the the stat. That yeah. was me shooting a random stat. Um, so that brings us that brings us to today. You know, everybody for for Monday and Tuesday news cycle, we're talking about live golf ratings. But then today, PGA Tour announces that next year's elevated events potentially no cut 75 to 80 players 70 to 75 players one of the two i i hate to go against it because my my guy max was was really making some good points uh in that in that pga presser at api but i just i hate it it's just so much like the wgc's and the wgc's were kind of a snore fest for me yeah, I don't, I don't know why. Like, I guess just because you got the top fifty players in the world, like 
it should be good, but I don't know. Like the WGCs just didn't really do it for me. Maybe it was the courses that they were played at um, or whatnot. Uh, maybe the fields are too small in the WGCs, but you, I don't know. You like a couple weeks ago, Nick Taylor playing in the uh, the WM Open elevated event. Like he won so much money during that event, he probably wouldn't have been in the field if it was the no cut uh, that they're proposing. So, like you kind of lose that story. Like it's great for the top fifty players in the world, but for the guys that are outside of that, not so much. And I think, at least for my like interest level in it it goes back to why do i care about eric cole and chris kirk more than i do about like a live golf leaderboard i think it's because in the back of our minds we care about like guys being on the cut line and you know guys like i like i for whatever reason i cared that harrison endicott made the made the cut this week don't know why that is and or if there's a monday Monday qualifier, qualifier Yeah. Ryan Gerard. Ryan Gerard. I care that he made the cut last week. (laughs) No. I care that he made the cut. But and now he's playing in in the Puerto Rico Open this week. Hopefully he doesn't win and curse his entire career. But I don't know. It's just like something like the PGA tour in my eyes, like just has that extra I don't know. I don't know how you'd how you'd explain it, but it just has that extra incentive for a fan to care there's like intensity there too like i watched a little bit of live golf uh friday saturday when they had had a couple of them on and i don't know the music playing in the background with just like i don't know people talking and stuff like that it just didn't feel like a real golf event they weren't shorts i mean i actually kind of like the shorts rule but like it just Mm. doesn't doesn't really look like a real golf event uh out there i mean especially they're playing at myco but i get it like that wasn't really a draw on the pga tour either uh so there's not gonna be a lot like a ton of fans there i think they drew like okay for where they were playing uh in terms of people going to the event but yeah i don't know the vibe is just different than what we're used to i guess i'm not saying it's a bad thing i just it's just hard for me to adapt to that right now and i i I tweeted this out earlier when I was going on a, ramp, a little bit of a rampage on the pin high account. Yes. Of golf. Great. Did you see me do that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if you like love golf, like great. I, I don't hate it. I just find it to be incredibly boring, but if you like it, then good for you. I don't like think any less of you, but like at the end of the day, you see these people being like, oh, PGA and Liv Tour should like play each other. I don't think the PGA, if they're going to come out on top on, on all this, which they are, needs to give Liv Golf any time of day because they don't need, like, I'm sure I would watch PGA Tour versus Liv Golf Ryder Cup style. Like, uh, yeah, thing. I think that'd be interesting. I don't think, you know, my dad or, you know, some one of my one of my friends who like doesn't really follow golf or at least casually follows golf would watch that like at the end of the day pga tour doesn't need extra people to tune into their events that's not the case for live golf yeah no live i, golf I absolutely agree. love to do that because they'd actually get eyes on their product for once yeah i, I agree with that with that statement and they're pushing the team element of live golf like down our throats when you watch the broadcast the the team scores are ahead of the like they, they show you the team scores before they show you the 
the player like individual scores when you log on to the website and you check the scores the team scores show up first um i think they're they're really showing that because that's what's the big difference between them and the pga tour i know there's a lot of differences but that's the the huge difference is the team element that the pga tour doesn't have at all so they're really pushing that and it's just hard to really get into it you know we did the quiz last week you know i said i was a big range ghost guy on the thing kind of jokingly uh and i just i couldn't really get into rooting for a team for for live golf i don't know why it just it felt a little off yeah i mean my crushers won that's right my crusher me and trevor's crushers they won Killed they took it, it. yeah um, they, have four, they have 40 points to start but the I, year. you know i wonder if you're like a you know say you're under the age of 15 and you're watching live golf for the first time you're gonna grow up with live golf and you know you grew up with the crushers i don't know if the teams are going to stay around for that long but say you grow up with the crushers and i don't know i could see it like 15 years down the road the crushers are like like these teams have like big brands like they would any other sport so i don't know it it, i guess that's what they're going for we'll see if it actually happens we'll see if live golf is even around in 15 years but um that's what i'm more curious to see yeah I don't know. It's, it's just like we keep talking about it. So like they're staying in, in golf media, but like I don't think that they have anything outside of golf media. And that is such a niche category. Like it's very present on my Twitter feed, but like my Twitter feed is incredibly niche to like a certain type of person that's like, I don't know, like a 25 to like, 40 year old male that like is in into golf like yeah. enough that they that they know who nick watney is <laughs> exactly uh people like people like nick watney catch strays for me on this show weekly i just come up with a random used to be very very good at golf and then just kind of fell off like a bunch of other guys yeah. you know yeah. Uh, which I guess I guess you could say Chris Kirk was one of those guys, and he came back and won this week. So that's that's the type of story that you have on the PGA Tour: the guys that fall Great off and ball then they come back and, and win. It's just like ball striker of the year. His case I is mean, going up. He only hits the ball one. Like he only hits draws. Have you have you seen that? He like he plays just a draw. swinging draw. Yeah, swooping draw every time. And and he, I honestly like a lot of those holes at the end uh, of the Honda Classic call for a fade and he's hitting the swinging draw on every hole and he still won the tournament so that tells you like you know maybe amateur golfers out there looking looking to see how they should play find a shot that you like that you could play consistent and just stick with it i feel like you don't need to be hitting draws and fades and you know rotating the ball so much you could just find something that works for you and you could hit it every time i mean max homa hits a fade almost every time works for him yeah, I mean, I wish I still had my my fade because that was when I played consistent golf, and now knew where the I, ball was gonna, I knew where the ball was going every single time. Now, can we but talk now, about the end of that tournament because we didn't really get to it yet? Uh, 18th hole, Kirk has a two shot lead, two shot lead or one shot lead, one shot, uh, lead, one shot lead, one shot lead, and he's like two fifty out from the green. Uh, there's water on the right. The hole the the flag is tucked in on the right and he pulls out the the three wood, I think, or whatever club five wood, three wood, whatever club he was saying there. And he goes for it, hits it on like the most aggressive line ever. One yard short, short hits the, the rocks on the, 
the wall right in front of the green and out towards the, go tiger. In the middle of the water. And it's like, oh, he just lost this tournament. Like, he went for it and he absolutely lost this tournament. Um, and then, uh, what's his name? Uh, I already forgot his name. Hits the Eric ball. Cole? Yeah, Eric Cole hits the he ball. He's quite forgettable. It's, it's, it, okay. it's a very generic name. Um, Eric Cole hits the ball uh, to the to the left, so he kind of gives him a shot. Kirk has a drop that's about 150 yards back and sticks it. And you're like, okay, maybe he's he's in. Um, and oh, sticking I thought it, sticking it means like five feet. But uh, yeah. Cole had to like hit out a hit like a really nippy like chip shot, and he had almost, to cover a lot of sand on a decent amount of rough. Yeah, and he almost hit it into the like water on his like approach shot, like his sand shot or his uh like side of the green shot. Mm-hmm. Um, very nervy, nervy moments. Yeah, and then he belly the wedge. Kirk makes the putt. They go into a playoff, and and then Kirk takes it from there. But uh, yeah, I, that was, you know, going for it in that situation. Not sure if I would have done it if I was Chris Kirk. I don't think he meant to meant to do it. I think he just like fucked up i mean yeah he he took the like aggressive line instead of just hitting it to the left and like the safe play but yeah yeah that anyway, was I just mean, like you have eric cole and chris kirk going wire to wire and it was very very interesting like how it played out in 18th hole and they're not household names and that just kind of tells you like tours in like a pretty good spot right now i feel like um if you could have an ending like that in this event where the field's pretty weak I don't know. It was pretty interesting to me. I think golf Twitter was, was going off for it. So, so yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, when I, I don't want to keep harping on it and we can move on from the Honda Honda classic. Cause I feel like people aren't listening for the Honda classic talk, but when Chris Kirk and Eric Cole are the guys that are contending for a, a tournament and golf Twitter is, is going off about it. You know, the PGA tour is in a good spot. I agree. Um, I guess with that, any other stories this week, or should we get one, to... One story. Okay. Um, so Joel Damon was on Part of My Take. Yes. And he clips. told a story about how when he was on the Corn Ferry Tour, he was in somewhere in Mississippi, Hicksville, the sticks. He called it the armpit of America. The armpit of America. He thought he'd missed the cut, went out on Friday night, then realizes he makes makes the cut and he's one of the first guys off on Saturday. Makes 10 birdies, super hungover, and shoots nine under the day. Barely made the cut and is now in fifth place. And this struck a chord with me because some of the best golf I've ever played is after being like brutally hungover. I going back to Joel Damon for a second, uh, not to spoil anything in the Netflix series, if you haven't watched it, plug your ears, I guess, but he was in the US Open qualifier and it, the US Open qualifier is is two rounds of golf in one day uh, and he didn't really play that well in the first day. Like, I mean, he's a PGA Tour player, so he shot around even par or whatever um, and he needed to go like seven or eight under in the second round and he just goes into the clubhouse and he's like, well, I guess it's not going my way. I might go home or whatever gets like a bunch of white claws, like drinks a bunch of white claws and then goes out for a second round and just like shoots like 10 under and makes, makes the U S open. I think that he should just like get a little, I mean like it's, it's responsibly should get, 
to get a little saucy before before like a you know important round. And yeah, not only did he get in the U.S. Open, he finished like top five in the U.S. Open. So, yeah, what a story! But yeah, he's a uh, he's talk he's about the common man's golfer. Yeah, Joel Damon uh, is one of those guys. I feel like he doesn't have any like belief in himself. At least that's what the Netflix was trying to like show. They're like he doesn't think that he's that good, but he really is that good. Yeah, they tried to really harp on that. And they're like, yeah, that's the reason he's not like top 40 in the world. Yeah. Um, but do you do you agree with that sentiment that have you ever played like good golf all hungover? Uh, I don't really think so. Uh, I don't know. No, not really. doesn't really work I for see. me. Yeah. I usually I play do. mediocre golf in general all the time. So like, yeah. I, it was like my friend's 20... For 20, I guess it was 20 seconds, so like it didn't really matter. It's his 22nd birthday, um, and I was interning with the Central New York PGA section, and I had to be at a tournament at like 7.30 in the morning. That was like 30 minutes away. But the night before, it was just, we were having a party, and we stayed, we, I mean, we stayed up until like, I don't know, 5, 4.30, 5, and I was like, you know, I had had a few, I had had some beverages, I wake up at like 6.57. I have to leave at, at 7. No. I wake up at 6.57 and I have to be there at 7. 30 minutes away. Yeah, right. So, you know, took a 15-second shower, got out the door, was probably 45 minutes late, and ended up playing incredible golf because I had to play as like a marker for this like women's event. I mean, maybe like just when there's no pressure on, you think you're going to play terrible, you end up playing all right. I, I, sh- I was is, like, I'll start off all right with the no pressure on. And then like, once you start off all right, you're like, oh boy, I'm like actually playing well. And then that's where it goes south. I think it was two under through six. And the people I was with were like, were like, oh, like, I think they said, where do you play? I was like, silver mine. Drumlins? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then I probably proceeded to make quite a few double bogeys if I was like two hundred through. Like did you get to play seven. from the? Did you get to play from the ladies' tees in that? I did. Um, so that's, like that's, that's an interesting. Thing. That's an interesting sensation, isn't it? They weren't that. They weren't I like that. People, short, I feel like though. people should like go like if you play a golf course enough times, like you should just have a round from the ladies. Tees. I think I played it from sixty two hundred. So it's like it's not that short. It's like no, whatever. Um, well, but I mean, it wasn't anything compared to our home golf club is not that short. So it's like. Fair, but it wasn't like dog legs. So yeah. it, I mean, like it's not. It wasn't like a long course. So I guess that's a a factor into that story that I played from the woman's tees. But we, we try to leave. To say, that we don't have to tell anyone. We try. Um, we try to leave that part out. But you called me out there. <laughs> Playing for a marker um, in a tournament. You know that. Remember that guy who would always be the marker for the Masters. He's like a member. No. At, uh, so there's like a guy who's a member. Um, at member at Augusta National. Okay. And like he's like called like the ghost player. I think his name is is Jeff Knox. Jeff Knox, yeah. Okay. Um and basically every year if there's like an odd number of at cuts or if somebody withdraws, he plays in the like first group as a marker at the Masters at Augusta. I think he's done it like 10 or 11 times, whatever. He's been doing it since 2002 basically. And this guy is like a ridiculously good golfer. And he's a member of, at Augusta, and he would like beat some some pros as the marker at Augusta, 
you know, wearing the the Masters logo on his hat and shirt, uh, just out there playing with one of the pros, first first guy off on a Saturday and Sunday. Uh, pretty pretty fun job, I would say. That's legendary. And that brings yes. up a question. Uh, apparently, they're retiring him this year. Uh, they are now going for a younger guy uh, to be the the uh, marker. Stuart Hagestad. I mean, they're they're doing they're doing it for like a member who's younger. They just you know they're forcing him to to retire. So. How young is the youngest member at Augusta? You think? I don't know. Like, do you think there's like twenty three year olds that belong to Augusta? I don't know. I don't know how it works at Augusta. Is there like a family family like membership? Yeah. There's no way. There's like no a way. family. Yeah. So I I don't know who the youngest member at Augusta would be. I mean, you just like you don't really know anything about membership at Augusta. It's so secretive. But yeah. oh, I mean, so what's that guy's name? Jeff Knox. So oh, so he was. So his name's Jefferson, I guess. He was 39 years old in 2002. Yeah, when he became a member, and he was the youngest. And also, like a fantastic golfer too. Played with Rory in the 2014 Masters. <laughs> I guess this is 2010. You can. There's a 2010 uh, Bleacher Report article with the membership. So, like, we'll just play it off that. There's nobody below like 59 uh, i see a 50 here so this guy this guy jeff knox holds the course record at augusta 61 oh wow really? imagine being that imagine being that guy why didn't he play on tour i don't know he's like a businessman okay so there's no there's no 23 year olds that belong no. to augusta national i'm gonna they're probably, go they're probably like some like 40 year old they like replace him with because he's you know 2002 he's probably almost 60 now so uh so you know it's not too late just get I wicked mean, good at golf in the next however many years and also very very very, very rich the youngest guy on this list is 42 i'd say the the median age is like 68 so we got like 45 years. Become a professional marker for Augusta National. Got 48 years to lock that game in. So before we get into API, there's one more question based off of this that, that came to mind. And it kind of is in spirit with um, the Seminole Pro-Am on Monday. What is one club, and this also has to kind of fact, like, all factors included, including where you currently live, where you want to live. What is one course that you want to be a member of, if you could choose, other than like Augusta National? Huh? Because you're not. I don't think you're choosing Pine Valley because I'm not living in New Jersey. The couple come to mind. Uh, there's a lot of courses in like the Westchester area, that, like Wingfoot, for example, is like one that is interesting okay. to me sleepy hollow I, would be cool sleepy hollow would be cool i played at quaker ridge which was like pretty sick um you know i've seen the inside of quaker ridge so that's why i like you know they have like the simulators in inside they have like a full you know full if you're you're a golf junkie like that's a great place to belong and i don't know if you can like belong to to pebble beach but you also have to assume that like you're just getting this like membership as like a raffle right for instance I can't afford to live in 
the Monterey Peninsula. Right. So that's out. So I think like somewhere in Westchester, I mean, even like Shinnecock Hills would be very interesting. I know that's kind of out there, but like to travel out there to go play would be kind of sick. Even National Golf Links is also out there, which is like a sick golf course. Um, Another thing to think about is the networking opportunities if you belong to like Shinnecock. Yeah, right. I'd probably just like get a car like and find a way to get a boat, go across the the sound. (laughs) Get a boat. I mean, that's more than like a membership to like most of the places around here. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, those, those kind of come to mind. Uh, can't really choose one right now. I, mean, I think Shinnecock is probably where I'd, where I'd, where I'd, what I'd go with. It'd be, it'd be Shinnecock's like a, long a little, trip. Bit, little bit of a hike. That's all it is, but it's Shinnecock. Like if you just like want to go to the range and like, like the, the range as Shinnecock and like hit balls or something like then to do that pay for another one yeah yeah but you get the pay nice, range, the nice range at shinnecock as opposed to wherever imagine else. who you could meet work, work in it or being a member at shinnecock as a 23 year old i feel like we definitely missed a few uh a few good ones i know somebody who has played at shinnecock a few times our age that's yeah interesting i don't know uh, how he did yeah, I feel like Pine, Pine Valley is the best course in the region, I would say. But that, again, New Jersey. I have no clue uh, what Pine Valley looks like. Isn't that crazy? Pine Valley is... Yeah, Pine Valley is an interesting course. I feel like it's like it's very, so exclusive, very like, I don't know lined, like. but like we've never like really see it. Um, be cool if they hosted like a... Like, you know how they do the match? Be cool if they hosted like the match there or something. I don't think that will happen. Neither do I, but... They like only host that one like it's not I don't know it was like Walker Cups, but they host like something every year. Like it's like a amateur event. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like looking. I'm now I'm on the the top courses in the Northeast, top fifty courses in the mm-hmm. Northeast. Pine Valley one, Shinnecock two, National Golf Links three. We mentioned uh, Pennsylvania is kind of not too far for us. Well, like um, Marion. Yeah, Marion and Oakmont. Um, Friar's Head is in Baiting Hollow, New York. Uh, Wingfoot, obviously. I hear a lot of good things about Friar's Head. Yeah. Liberty National would be cool. See, Bayonne. Yeah, that too. Just like a ferry ride away from New York City. That's probably the answer right now. The thing about Wingfoot is if you do Wingfoot, you get two championship golf courses because you get the east and the west at wingfoot are they both championship golf courses yeah they're both like top they 50 golf courses hosted the majors though um i think they do a little bit of both of the courses they like oh correct, 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 correct you're right um, but yeah so you would get two courses if you went there uh, same thing if um if you went to like so that'd be like more of a long-term like thing but like right straw if it had to be like i only get it for a year it might change to like, or for like a golf season, it might change to Bayonne because right now we're in New York City and we could just take right. the ferry right across. Yeah, I, it, that is an interesting question though. I'm curious what other people would say uh, if they had to join or pull onto one club. I mean, I guess it's very like, what location are you in? What close? What mm-hmm. nice courses are close to you? You know. Yeah, like what? If, what if you live in Nebraska? Are you just like, I guess the local Muni. <laughs> Why do I feel like there's like a sick course in Nebraska that just like it probably is probably, probably a sick course, 
in most states that you go to. There's probably no championship courses, but I don't know. Maybe there's definitely like nice golf courses, but I don't think anything. I mean, you also like do a- have to take into account like weather. Like you, like say it's a year you get to join this golf club. Like, and if you're playing in the Northeast for a year, like you're not getting that course for a lot nowadays. Of you get it for nowadays a good amount of time. Like we, how warm it is year round now. Like there hasn't been it snowed last night, like kinda, and then it was gone or two nights ago, and it was kind of gone like the next day. So, and I don't think there's any today anymore. So like, yeah. You can play golf like year round now, and I guess and, it's a, I guess it depends on the course, like what courses will be open this time of year. But like sure. you just get like a year, and you move down to Florida for like one year, like join Seminole or something for a year, <laughs> and then come I back. Mean, it'd be worth it because just again all, the, all the, the network pros, thing. yeah, all the tour pros that are at Seminole like must be insane. That pro am looked like fun. Yeah. I think JT won it, and then he also was like leading the pro am today. So JT's not going to win this week. No, no, we can move into API. Um, yeah, let's let's do it. We're coming off a big win. We moved up. I want to say like a hundred and like twenty, hundred forty um, places. I think we're up to like three. 44 out of 800 people need to get to to 80 people to rank inside of um, you know the people who get paid and this week's a big big week because you know one win and for like 3.4 million dollars and we probably move up like another 200 or so yeah uh, a win would be pretty big for us this week now their strategy involved obviously ap invitational is an elevated event uh so a first second or third place finish does us well yeah yeah basically if we come in the top three we're extremely happy with that and not top five we'd be happy too but like yeah this is an event where you know in these elevated events you can't you can't put up a dot you can't put up like a miscut like you, just, you can't you can't afford to do it if you want to you know, be in the top eighty at the end of the year. Yeah, I just it's just like, for example, last year Scotty Scheffler is the winner. Last year Scotty Scheffler yeah. like fits this course pretty well. Uh, I feel like we'd want to pick him at, like here or maybe at the players. Uh, I don't know what other courses we'd like even one of the majors maybe, but like Masters. But like, do we want we want to like, do we burn him here? I don't know. I feel like this would be a good spot if, if I was, I, I agree about it. And I think I like using, so if we're going to go down that route, I think I like using him here more than I like using Will Zalatoris. Uh, yeah, I agree. If Just we're going to go down the, the chalk line. Right. Yeah. I mean, it'd be like him or maybe, maybe Rory, uh, here, but I think there's better places to pick. Rory. I know Rory's yeah, really good here. And you could say Max Homa as well. We haven't used him yet, but I feel like there's other places for Max Homa. There's definitely other places for Rory. Um, I mean, obviously, Scotty. I Sheffer's do think Max could, could win this week, though. Yeah, obviously, Scotty Sheffer is one of the best players in the world, and there's other places for him. But I feel like just looking at the schedule and the money that you win for these events, this might be the best place to use him. And I'm sure a lot of others are thinking the same. But yeah. But how many people, like, at the same time, like who burned we have done a good job of conserving guys. We've done a we we had a really bad fall and we've had a 
pretty good run at it here for, for a little bit. We've done a good job of like conserving guys where it's like, how many people have Max Homa left? Not, a, not, not over half of the pool probably. Yeah. I, I would assume a lot of people chose him already. I feel like people didn't go in with the strategy of the elevated events either. I think they just went and picked guys for events and they're running. We have a lot already. of elevated events left. So yes, that's gonna help. We, we have that. a lot of guys left that we could pick. Now we burned Rom in a week that he didn't win, which kind of sucks. But but he, it was he an made us, event. He basically won. So he, he, he got made a us one point five. Like if you burn a guy and he makes and he comes top three in an elevated event, you didn't burn him. I don't think. But yeah, but like if we're go- looking at the rest of the like rest of the guys, I feel like we've done a good job not burning, uh, like good players. So here's the thing. Like I said, I'd rather pick Scotty Shuffler over Zalatoris because Zalatoris, who knows? I mean, he did have a good um, finish at the Genesis, but everyone's all over him, and like something's got to give there. People are, I want to say, overlooking Scotty because like they're not, but I don't see a ton of Scotty talk. I know a lot of people are going to pick him. I'm not going to say that we're going to be like the only ones picking him, but if we don't go down that route, there are a couple names that I like. Okay. What's I your... like my boy. Scory. Corey Connors. Scory. He has a T3 finish two years ago. I think like a T8 or T10 finish like last year. He's good here. Like I know it's an elevated event, but it always kind of has been like an elevated, uh, elevated event anyway. So it's, it's always a good field. Um, despite it despite it being the week before the players it's always still a good field um so i like him he he i was looking at his form are you looking at his data golf right now um not on his data golf currently but i was looking at his form going into api in previous years and like right now he's like hasn't finished great in a bunch of tournaments but like it's kind of the same as right now, like this is kind of where like he hits the floor to swing and he actually like plays kind of well. Yes, we're looking at T11 and solo third the last two years at API. Yeah. Again, we going into like recent winter, I guess API, like most of the top players in the world usually play at this event anyway, just because what it is. So like the field mm-hmm. is similar. And then the next two guys, I don't think, do we have Tom Hoagie? I don't think so. Do I we? feel like we did pick Tom Hoagie. I think we, yeah, I know. I think we burned him, but so I'll, I'll still talk on him for a second here because people are listening. Um, Tom Hoagie, his proximity stats from like 150 to 175, like 125 to 150, and like 200 plus. Like he is an elite ball striker, and this course is all about your iron game. Yeah, I, that is true. Tom Hoagie, I do like as as a player. It's if the putter gets hot, he usually finishes in the top ten. Yeah, um, which is kind of what we're looking for this week: top five, top ten. But again, we can't. We probably can't use. We're, him, but, we're not picking Tom Hoagie. Like I was just, I was just saying. But and my last one is so Tom Hoagie and this guy are guys that have been like very tipped over the past like few months. Like people have been all over them. But I don't think they'd be all over him this week. 
Aaron Wise plays great in tough conditions. It's gonna be I saw a stat. I can't remember what it was, but he is fantastic in, in tough conditions. And I don't think a lot of people be picking Aaron Wise in an elevated event. It's just a thought. Yeah. I, and I don't think it's the place to do it. I'm not sure if it's the place to do it. I do. We do definitely have to use him later on somewhere. I think he would be a good pick at a couple other places. Um, but this field, when we haven't really burned anyone yet, like I don't want to get to the end also of the think season. About Corey Connors does not play well in like, I mean, I know he won the Valero Open, but that's the first game of mine. He's not played well in like the Byron Nelsons and the Valero Opens. I know that's a term that he does well in. He plays well in these events where there are good fields and hard courses. But you can say no. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me no and I'll and I'll and I'll stop. I just don't know if his putter is gonna be good enough for four rounds at this golf course when you have got like when you have guys like Scotty Scheffler and like John Rahm and you know other guys at the top who will make the putts to to win this event. I mean, I could definitely be eating my words here next week, but his putter has to survive the week, I feel like. Corey Connors? Yes, Corey Connors. Okay. So I think that just basically narrows it down for us, and I think it's just, I, I think it's Scheffler. I feel like we got to go with the chalk. I would feel bad if we didn't pick him anyone. Because these elevated events, that's just the way they've been going. And I just, I think, like... Sheffler is a guaranteed top 10. Hopefully I'm not jinxing it, but I just, that's what I think. The way things okay, have been well, going. I don't, I don't love that you just said that. I know, now that I just said that, but I just, I just I don't love true. that. I mean, I do like Jason Day this week, the way he's been playing. I think he's a good course fit mm-hmm. as well. Um, I just, again, I, mm-hmm. is he ready to win a PJ Tour event right now? Maybe, but with the field that it currently is. Jay Day is not bad either. That's not a bad pick. No, not at all. Um, let me look at his. It's hard let me to just look at his. Say this. Uh, let me just say this. Yeah. Where do you want to play Scheffler if it's not right now? I mean, I think it's got to be the players or one of the majors, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't love him for the open. We're not picking him for the Masters because I think we're picking like Cam Smith or somebody, probably, unless we decide not to. Right. Um, PGA, probably a fit. And, um, wait, what are the other, what are the other elevate events? It's the, uh, the RBC Heritage. Kind of a Jordan. Kind of a Jordan, but you did one last year, so it's hard to fully say that. It's the, uh, the Wells Fargo, which, kind of a max homo but <laughs> again same thing he did win last year but quite always his course um and then the memorial memorial is, would be good is but like interesting I... spot and then the travelers i think it's scheffler this week i, th- I think we pick scheffler yeah i th- my reasoning behind picking him for this is like i don't there's not another spot where I'm like, that's a Scheffler course. 
where like every course is every course a is a shepherd course, course but, but like there's not another like this week we come into him like that's that's a shepherd course so it's just like yeah. yeah um hopefully it doesn't bite us but you know i'd rather pick him now than like forget to pick or like just keep passing him off to other events then he doesn't okay say he falls I'm all form. of a sudden i'm getting some cold feet <laughs> he looked that. like great at, at genesis did he um he was like still finished in like the top 15 i feel like did he that's when you know like somebody's that good when did you he say oh he, d- he didn't he didn't play that great he finished t12 okay we're going Scotty Shuffler. <laughs> We're going Scotty Shuffler. Yeah. Oh, he didn't play that I'll lock great it in. T11. J-Day J- backup? I'm down for a J-Day J- backup. Uh, I do like J-Day. Right. Oh, we'll go J-Day day backup. If Scory Connors wins, I am on, popping a bottle me. of champagne that's on this. On this I think, uh, yeah, you have to put an outright on that. Um. One more name just to mention. Turrell Hatton has a really good success at this golf course. Uh, he does. I don't know how well he's been playing recently. I think he has a T, T6 at the WM. I think he played well there. Uh, yeah, he did. T13, T6. His only PGA Tour win is at this golf course, believe it or not. So that's just... Three years ago, question. I believe, right before Bryson? Yeah, three years ago. I think yeah. he was T2 last year, though. So I don't know. Just a course course fit for some reason. Was he with Woodland and Hovland? Yeah, T, T2. I think he backdoored it last year, T2. You can't really trust. I, I'm not saying we're going to pick like, him, but it's just like a name that I like want to toss out there. Over. Yeah, agreed. Okay, so let's move week, on. Yeah, so obviously I have the inside uh, the inside info at API. Right. The rough is quote-unquote thick with a bunch of Cs. It is bad. I, I I heard that Molinari like pulled it left on eighteen and the ball you couldn't even see it and like during his practice round and he played like a low runner up the fairway, like to the left of the water to like five feet. <laughs> but it's gonna be a carnage week. It's not gonna be easy and like those are the weeks that we like Scotty Scheffler, like that's kind of his game. That's yeah. his game. Just stay in, in the race. Yeah. Just stays in it. Like the the guy who wins this week might play like pretty like okay golf on Thursday and Friday. Just like just make the cut and then there. you just gotta make the cut and like go from there in this tournament. Yeah, kind of John Rom's recipe, which wouldn't be surprised if he wins here, but you know. Mm-hmm. Not a hot take. Yeah. So Saturday will be interesting at the end of the day to be like, all right. The guy who's in 20th place could win this. But let's move on. Um, let's get inside the clubhouse. Episode halfway. Oh, we. Mm-hmm. Did we play the simulator thing? I think that was two weeks ago now, was it? Yeah. I think that was last week. Oh, maybe it was. No, it was last Tuesday, I guess. Yeah. Have we recorded the podcast? Interesting. Time? No. We recorded the podcast beforehand. We did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we went to the Callaway Paradigm uh like party thing. I don't even know what you'd call paradigm it. Paradigm City. Um at 
Yeah, at uh, at five iron golf, and it's a good time. Yeah, well, we did not hit a paradigm, but we got a free uh, hour on the simulator, free T-shirt. Um, I wore it on like Sunday, I think, as like just like a bumming around the house. Fifth's nice, um, and free food and bunch of free beers. So yeah, it was a good time. Can't can't have a less expensive night in New York City for what we did. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, we yeah we ended you up put a, a you put a price. You put a price on simulator time between the two of us. Yeah, like forty dollars each, probably. Food and like four or five beers. And then you add, yeah, add all the food and the beers. You're like up over one twenty there at least. Probably spending like uh, yeah, hundred twenty to one hundred fifty dollars. So I think I spent five dollars because I took yeah, the subway. I walked there. Yeah, yeah. So I spent zero. Um, yeah, so you, free free day for free, you. Free day. No such yeah. thing. That was that but pretty crazy. Hopefully they do something like that again. Um, we did not hit the paradigm, though. Lines were absurd. I think they were pumping the numbers up for people who were hitting the paradigm. So would have been interesting. Yeah. So the people that were, that were hitting the paradigm, there was this guy like, you know, athletic build, whatever. OK, golf swing like like anybody else that's an amateur golfer like us. Decent ball speed, probably like, OK, like good. You know, yeah. was hitting the ball, three twenty nine carry. It was like one seventy like something ball speed. I was like, what? <laughs> it was like, okay, that Trev doesn't get like to that. Not that's not accurate. Yeah, that yeah, they were trying to sell some drivers, which I hope they did, but uh, they, they did, probably maybe they did. did again next year. Um, and they gave away some some golf a golf bag too. Yeah, we didn't get to win the golf bag. It was like chipping a ping pong ball into a golf bag, which is like right up our alley, based on uh. Coming out of college, that's like what you do. <laughs> oh, chipping yeah. ping pong balls around. Well, they, gave you a, uh, they gave me a pitching wedge. Yeah, I waited until they uh, pulled out the other clubs. Uh, once they came with the other clubs, I was like the first one to go with the new, new clubs. I didn't even Got come 58 close. Degree. I came pretty close on like, I had a pretty respectable couple of shots, I feel like. My first one was bad. My second one was just like, okay. But like with a pitching wedge, like what are you supposed to do? You can't loft it like that. Much. That was yeah, that was like a can't win with the with the pitching wedge. Yeah, that was dumb. But yeah, no, it was a good anyway. Time. Next week is the players. It's a great it's a great time for golf right now. Really, it's a great is. time for golf right now. Um, and next week we'll have the 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 live situation figured out. And yes, I hope so. <laughs> I don't think anyone really probably came on because we yeah, did there was like between um, like two the four people just like watching at the beginning did someone saying someone comment that that they couldn't hear you uh my dad was texting me trev's in the trev's in the chat oh trev says oh really what, what is that? yeah he said trev said hit the <laughs> paradigm today my good shots were better than the bad stealth shots that that checks out i feel like okay um yeah, so players next week. Better live stream, hopefully, and we'll actually send out the link.